0: Whether you're looking for a convenient refresher course, or a way to earn your pragmatic certification at your own speed, or the chance to take a pragmatic course from your specific corner of the world, then Foundations On Demand is the solution you need. Get the same great content, tools, and templates our Foundations course is famous for in a flexible and easy-to-use online learning platform. Learn the skills you need to build and market products people want to buy and earn your Pragmatic Institute certification anywhere, anytime. No more travel worries, no more time zone issues, just truly great training. Experience the new way of training with Foundations On Demand from Pragmatic Institute. Visit pragmaticinstitute.com foundations to learn more. With that, Sandy, I've got a bio here. Let me just read the official bio so folks knew who you are. Sandy Olson, Senior Marketing Content Manager at Microsoft. I've heard of that. Sandy is an agile, data-driven creative who believes in being customer-focused and delivering innovative and strategic content that communicates value In today's fast-paced environment, Sandy remains dedicated and most passionate about connecting with customers, communicating this value, and moving marketing plans forward. We all want to do that, Sandy. (laughs) Can you give us some tips today specifically on asset assessment to help us achieve that goal? I'm going to turn the time over to you and I'll pop in with questions here and there as they come up, but the floor is yours.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eddie. appreciate all the, the ramping up and getting us all set for this, this conversation. So we will, we will start the official, you know, front page, how asset assessment can help you outmaneuver the competition. And the general thing that we're going to be talking about, how to approach asset assessment, utilizing assessment to better integrate positioning and messaging. How Healthy Asset Hygiene Enhances Strategy Development. My favorite, my three favorite words, archive, archive, archive. And tools and processes are going to close out the end. But before I jump into it, I want to make sure that we have a quick taxonomy. As we talked about, I'm from Microsoft. Microsoft has a tendency to really be enthusiastic about our very own acronyms. So I want to make sure that what I'm talking about is universal to the entire audience. And the first one is assets. Materials and content, and those three are relatively interchangeable. I've been in environments where asset is tends to be what is used when t- talking about all the things. When we're at an agency that is working on both digital and print materials, material generally comes from places that do uh, physical items. So that could be a a bus ad or you know, physical walking deck, printouts, that type of thing. And then content, I feel I see that more often in digital, digital only or digital first environment. So that's your websites, your emails, that type of thing. But realistically there are all three of them are mean generally the same thing. They just mean all the things, all the things that you make like to sell your product or service and, and I'll be using them somewhat interchangeably during the course of this conversation going right along with all the things the the bomb the bill of materials and that's just the list of all of the assets that are associated with whatever whatever sort of frame of reference you have so if we're talking about maybe an in-house creative team and they have the bomb is everything that that in-house creative team makes for their entire product or service whereas an ad agency that has you know 50 clients may have The bomb for client A. So it it is as big or as small as it needs to be within the context of the broadest scope of what you're talking about, but it's the list of all the things. The SME, the subject matter expert, the one thing that's important to remember with content development in general is that the person who's creating the content is the SME, the subject matter expert in developing content but what that content is, is likely gonna have a lot of other people in the company that they're, they're uh, responsible for understanding and really having a deeper dive into those specific channels. So we wanna make sure that, that we integrate whatever we're doing with the SMEs that have that expert, expertise in the multiple subjects that you're gonna be communicating. C-suite is just a shorthand for everybody at the very highest level of the company, this EO, CIO, CFO, et cetera. And Sprint, for those working in an agile workflow environment, there aren't very many design or creative spaces that are are Sprint or they are agile, but there are some. And there are definitely some places where it's, if it's a software company that is adamantly agile and they incorporate this workflow mechanism even through their creative team. And a Sprint is just, what that means is, Items will go live on a certain cadence, on a certain set schedule. And a sprint is all of the things that are in the current or a specific section of time. So if your team maybe is a web team and you push updates every Tuesday and Thursday, then there'll be the sprint for Tuesday and the sprint for Thursday. And keeping track of those is based very much on timeline. It won't necessarily mean for larger projects a sprint might not necessarily or something in a sprint might not necessarily be a completed final publishable item. It's just the thing that was done at that point to move forward. So moving on. So how to approach asset assessment? First thing is what have you got? What is your current traffic flow from concept to approval to build to launch to archive? How how are things currently working? Are you starting from a very few people are starting from a completely blank slate so are you starting with a system that has some structure but maybe it's not documented but people generally kind of know it okay well what is exactly is that what what happens if someone has a great idea for a, an asset that needs to be built how does that move through the process all the way from from that concept to the end and then Where do people go when they want to look at what already exists? Is there a central folder where all live assets currently in the market exist? Or do people have their own little fiefdoms and you have to know that Joe over here is the person who has some authority over the last campaign that, that they happen to be, have been the project manager for that. So you have to go ask Joe where the files for that is, because he has to walk you through that path in, the, in your digital landscape. And then what's the review cadence of your asset library? Do, you, are, do folders just while you're building and then it goes live and then the folder is wherever it happened? to be when it went live? Or is there actually a system or process for containing that, those assets and you know, aligning all the the images, et cetera, et cetera? Do you do you push everything specifically to an archive folder, or is the archive folder just kind of the the basement where you've thrown everything? The other big thing to consider too is who are the people invested in asset management? So are you working, are you The only person who manages this stuff and, you know, some smaller creative teams, definitely there's, there's one person who's generally the go-to person when you need a file from last week, last month, last year, whatever. Um, Others, there's, there's a whole project management organization. Maybe there's an administrative team and maybe it's, it's the wild, wild west. There really isn't anyone who owns it and anybody could be in charge of anything. And well, best of luck, soldier. Those do exist in remarkably successful companies. And who owns, for, for whatever things that you might have influence over, who owns those? Are you the person who owns them? Are you are you potentially pushing a rock up a hill in uh, your drive for better asset assessment? Or is there already an existing buy-in to the idea that there's there's maybe gold that can be found in existing assets or in your asset archive? And is there anyone in your team that is tasked with knowing what content is currently out in the world at any given moment? If you have a, oh, we have, you know, our social media campaign, we just released a tweet that has a really embarrassing typo. Is there a clear line of sight for who it is that can go and find that file or switch it out or something? So does that structure already exist within the teams that you're working with? And is it, readily available to know who on the team actually has that information. Another thing to consider is the the stuff. Are there consistent or recurring gaps in your marketing materials? Is your data analysis seeing a regular dip in certain times or in certain conversations? Are you you seeing where your audience is not engaging with specific topics and you feel that that you would be better served. Your, your product or service would be better served if there was more engagement with those with those specifical hits to to the market. Are you hearing feedback from any of your frontline teams, the people who are directly interacting with your customers, that they're receiving the same questions or comments about your products? Are they are they regularly getting feedback? Are you regularly, regularly getting feedback that there is a gap in the information? that is being presented out there. In the role that I'm in right now, what I work on is very technical. So it's often not a question of how hard can I sell a thing and we need marketing materials to help sell the thing to help convince people of the value of it. For the most part, it's we need marketing material that helps explain this very technical thing where it fits in their needs, where we might be able to answer questions that they have or, or fill, fill needs that they have because the, the information is so complex. So if you see gaps in that, then that's that's an important opportunity to sort of review what you've gotten, where it, where it should be. And just for the the official assessment for integrating, positioning and messaging, And I'll read the, this is the sort of generic definition of the purpose of messaging and positioning statement. And I'll just read it out for you. The messaging and positioning framework provides overarching context and guidance for all messaging about the company or program and its value to potential customers or partners. This framework, including the high level messaging pillars and supporting points should serve as a starting point when discussing or developing content for or about the program. It's not necessary to use the content verbatim, this messaging can be adjusted to reflect the tone of any scenario so long as it remains in line with the company style and voice and the the mpf can have a, a can be for the entire company or it can be for a specific product again with microsoft i work on a, a channel of the offerings i don't i'm not talking about the broader microsoft messaging and positioning statement although i'm sure that they do have it so it it's a requirement to Make sure that that everything that you possess or that everything that you produce does have some sort of a structure overarching structure to it. I know that there's going to be a future conversation specifically about messaging and positioning, so I won't dig too deep into that, but just know that that is definitely an important part of this conversation. And is the MPF is it referenced during the concepting concepting stage of a new asset? and it's it's great to go through the exercise of developing an MPF and making sure that anybody who has contributing elements to your your pieces to the work that you produce has some familiarity with that but the exercise is wasted if you go through the process and then it gets filed away and no one really sees it and it's unfortunate that that is that doing the thing and then filing it away and no one ever looking at it again is actually really common so you know circling back around to the title of this presentation, we're talking about what can benefit what what you can do to outshine your competition. Your competition may have an MPF, but they may have just put it off in the dust and no one even knows where it is. But they they did do the thought process on it, but they couldn't reference it again if their life depended on it. And in the other extreme, don't be so fully anchored to it that you know you've got the specific lines that you use each time over and over again because your audience will stop seeing it or you know, processing it as new information. So you definitely want to have it, keep it fresh but and keep it sort of the general sense of things, but not not anchored to it specifically. So how can healthy asset hygiene enhance your strategy development? So we all know that we ought to manage our marketing assets, but few teams or companies actually do it. It's the thing we all intend to do, but when push comes to shove, they don't. So if you are really excellent at this, you will have access to all of the things that you've done in the past that when you're in the moment of concepting will really help you to be a much stronger creative because you'll already have the reference material for what you've had before. You don't have to have it on top of mind. You can just go back into the files and have an easy, quick refresher on what's been happening with any given product or campaign, and it's right there and ready for you to remind yourself or reconsume it as needed. And the other one, next one is, I can't tell you the number of times someone who, you know, the founder of the company or someone who's been around for a long time will say, oh, hey, we did this thing back in, you know, 93, and it involved this icon that was really cool and i want to bring this back again or couldn't we do something with that and you weren't there in 93 you have no idea what they're talking about but if you have an asset program that is structured and organized you can find at least reference to what that dude is talking about so that that's really handy to be able to have that and not just blow your entire day trying to chase down something that happened last last month, last year, whatever, that you just don't have top of mind. And I, I hate to hate to be the bearer of bad news. There aren't really a lot of brand new ideas. There's, and there kind of shouldn't be for a lot of reasons. There's the reason you have a mes- messaging and positioning framework is to give yourself some parameters about how you talk about what you wanna talk about and what you want to talk about when you're communicating your product or service. And so everything that you are creating is kind of fitting within those bumpers. So knowing what you've already done in the past and having a sense of where, where there is space or where, where things have evolved is a really good idea. And you know, speaking of evolving, a real easy way to go back and look at what you've done over time is to go back and check your archive. Oh, at this point, we did this. At this point, we did this. This is what we call this campaign. And some of those things, everyone likes a well-placed throwback. Everyone likes to be reminded, especially your most devoted customers. They really like the subtle throw to, oh, you're one of the cool kids. You've known us since way back when. Even if way back when is, you know, we're talking TikTok, so way back when is three hours ago. So, having access to a lot of that is really going to be really useful for you. When is a good time to take some time to meander through the archives? One of them is as you're prepping to brainstorm for next year's big ideas. You know, like I said, there's there's not really brand new ideas, but it's so much easier to come up with the next great idea when you're not staring at a blank piece of paper. And the way to not stare at a blank piece of paper is to go back through the archives and just highlight, oh, I remember, I kind of remember this. Let me open up this walking deck. Let me open up this chart. Oh, I remember this. Hey, these things were really beneficial to what we were trying to communicate at the time. We might be able to take a piece of this and rework it for our next year's big idea. Or maybe, you know, it's the the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, the, the side characters of a major play Bring them out maybe they deserve to be the main characters of their own play and an easy and clear access to the archives helps your analysts connect customer behavior to the specific campaigns so another good time to to work through the archives is when you're looking back at your analysis make sure that you can actually compare when you had the spikes either up or down and what was out there at the time and have a real clear sense of what you were communicating and how you were communicating it. The next one is to, if you have to rush to get a message out, but your legal team or your partner company doesn't seem to feel the same urgency. So you have to pass something through legal. And one example that comes to my mind is when I was working at I was working at an agency and it was in telecom. We had to push something through that included an offer for Apple products. And iPhones are their Apple is notoriously very possessive about their brand with good reason. But in order for us to turn this around very quickly to their legal team to get their approval, we said, hey, Here's where we did this before. Here's where where we used the exact same phrasing about this specific product within this broader campaign. So all you are approving now is that this is still a thing that you have already approved that is still okay, And that can sometimes turn them around much more quickly so you're not bogged down with them. So knowing that you've already used those phrases is really beneficial. And next, like I said, my three favorite words, archive, archive, archive. So I want to talk a little bit about your, how you actually structure your archive. And there needs to be naming conventions and folder folder naming conventions and file naming conventions in order to make your archive as accessible to as wide a range of people as possible. So there's no one completely right answer. There's always going to be bits and pieces relative to exactly what works for you and your team. So these are, yeah, these are just suggestions, but these are some of the ones that have worked really well for me. And one, the, the folder structure, if your organization functions by campaign, if it's one campaign after the next, after the next, and generally the community of people who would care about your files will reference things by their campaign, then this is a great opportunity. This is a great way to structure those files. And one of the reasons that I have this highlighted, the date, the the biggest challenge that as a, as an American that I have with this is you actually want it to be the the date to be day, month, year, not month, day, year. And the only reason for that is for anything, if you have a situation where you have multiple files, you wanna make sure that you've got the most recent one. And the way to get the most recent one on a day-to-day basis is that you go from smallest uh, collection of information out to widest collection of information. So that means it has to be day, month, year. Uh, and even while creating this, I had to go back in and correct myself. So this one, don't let this be a hill that you die on. It may be harder to do because our brains aren't, we, we weren't trained this way, but uh, but know that that's, that is the motivation for having the date set like that. Um, another variable to this that's worth considering is I find that it's really useful to have One folder that is the source of truth of everything that is out in the world. So if a thing has been published, especially if much of your work is published to the outside world, if you're not doing internal documents as much as external ones, have a designated place where um, if this thing is on your website, this is the folder it will live in. And that just that quick and easy ability to jump in and see what's actually live in the world. And then follow that with the next step is all of the iterations of that. So all of the, the history of it, all of where you went, maybe if, you know, if that C-suite I mentioned earlier says something about something that was, oh, the 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 thing that didn't go live on our website in fall of 2020, because we changed things rapidly and went with something Completely different, but I want to bring that back because I think now's a good time for it. Well, that would be here in this folder structure, um, looking at it by date or looking at it by campaign. Um, another sort of cheat that I've used you see the, the name, the, the number here, the 0102, and I use that in order to tie the final file name to the folder that goes with it. And it's just, a, it's a hierarchy. So it's whatever the, if if, it, if alphabetical works fine for you, by all means, just go with alphabetical. But because you can't force most file organization structures outside, um, then outside of that, that alphabetical structure, if you wanted to force it into a different organization than 01, 02, 03, obviously, if you have, you know, 150 things that might prove more challenging, but for for individual campaigns, having that number at the very beginning as well. And yeah, I happen to notice Chris's point there, year, month, day works just as well. And yes, that is absolutely true. Um, so another one that I tend to favor is organized by product. And again that's a great one if you're working with a really wide team and have uh, you know your your separate en- entities are based on product if you if you have a team that re- that only works on biz apps as a product then you know the top level folder would be biz apps uh, from there then date might be the easiest organizational structure so and and by date i mean the fiscal quarters. Uh, and then sort of tapering it down from there. Um, and, and the third is organized by launch date or by sprint. Uh, and this one is, again, if if your organization is much more focused on dates, then you organize by date, uh, but then make sure that you have all of that information and have a clear delineation of subject matter rolling down from there. So this seems like a good, because this can be kind of wonky, this seems like a good place to stop and see if there are any questions specifically about folder structure.
0: Just the one so far, Sandy, which is, Assuming that your company has the freedom to choose any of these three because we're not locked into anything yet, or maybe it's just Wild West out there, as you said, mm-hmm. any advantages in one over the other do do certain systems give you access to information that others don't, uh, as far as you know, going by campaign or data sprint or product?
1: Right. Um, honestly, the the least useful to my mind is the date or the sprint. Um, the most useful is kind of depending on the, the parameters of your group. If you are like right now, the organization that I'm with, most of the work that I produce, we aren't really going campaign by campaign. It's this this rolling evolution of how better can we explain our product? And hmm. then the, the product has slight revisions to it. So, uh, so we just released a whole new set of documents to acknowledge uh, an update in how we deliver benefits and how how our customers can receive benefits and so organizing by campaign wouldn't really do anything because the campaign is you know FY23 benefits update that doesn't 5 years from now i'm not necessarily going to remember exactly which benefits came up at this point Whereas if I'm organized by product, then I am going to say, oh, this is for the biz apps partner program or, you know, that type of thing. So for me and where I am right now, product is absolutely organized by product is absolutely the better option. Um, But in in previous roles that have been straight uh, agency work, campaign makes a lot of sense because everything that i did when i worked at you know agency x was with company y for this product so that there wasn't a sufficient filtering to it the refining the 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 bulk of the work that we did was we would come out with new campaigns on Mm -hmm. a regular basis so uh so yeah there's there are a lot of places that will say that they are agile that really aren't truly agile. And that's mm-hmm. some of the reason why the launch date slash okay. sprint is not as useful. Um, and also that the date, unless the actual date, like if you're releasing things on D-Day or you know something like that, where the, the specific date is relative to the content of the work, the date is going to be the tracks the least. Because what we want to be able to do is look at, you know, a a folder with 25 line items and be able to quickly line out, oh, it's this one. We're talking about uh, the BizApps product. We're talking about the, uh, the campaign for new releases or whatever it is, being able to eyeball that and say, this is, I am now looking at the line item that is the correct line item for the thing that I think I want to find.
0: Good, good. Um, a couple more questions coming into the Q and A. Do you want? To, they're specifically related to this slide, I believe. Do you want to take these?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead we're and take it here.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, Doug asks, "What if you have a sales enablement or content management system where assets reside and are eventually archived? File naming is less obvious there. Any thoughts about asset organization?"
1: Yeah, I mean. Depends on uh, how forced your archiving is and how how well calibrated that archiving is with your actual workflow. So are you in a situation where you want to be able to go back and reference something and it's not there anymore because you've got that forced archiving, in which case uh, it may require a little bit of extra work to at the very least get your final file and put it into a, a specific saved archive folder that you can manually go in and access from from there. So, uh, sort of
0: sounds like there's a difference between an archive and a black hole, right? <laughs> you're just you're just trying to free up space on the server, right? That's not the that's not the point here. You should no. be able to access to to get into this archive to process yeah. it somehow to learn information from the past that you can apply to your future work is the whole point. And if you can't do that, it's not a it's not a productively set up. Archive, right? Doug, I hope that right. helped a little bit. Uh, Corey posted a similar but very interesting question. Any advice for companies that have different SharePoint sites per department or different levels of access across the sites? What are some best practices to ensure an asset that lives across multiple departments is all up to date across Different SharePoint sites. We've got, I think the the buzzword is siloing going on here with with Corey, right? How do we deal with that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, a dry sense of humor and a lot of patience. That's how to deal with it. (laughs) Uh, So in situations like that, where there's feels like there's just been a little bit of chaos, one of the things that I actually like doing is holding on to that that bomb that bill of materials and that is a straight up spreadsheet and in that straight up spreadsheet you have links to all of the different things so if you use your bomb as a cheat sheet for how to get things then it can unpack that a little bit more within the bomb so that you have those links now obviously if you have security issues where you are in charge of this silo and are not in charge of this silo, so you can't get access to this silo, that's going to present its own problems. And I I don't have a great solution for that. But certainly the more, the harder it is to archive, the more intentional you have to be in the archiving process, even to the point of, like I said, having your own spreadsheet that is a cheat sheet of what is relevant to you or what mm. campaigns are most relevant to you. And in different in different pages within that cheat sheet that has the the links to the things. And one thing that I definitely enjoy that I definitely will do on some of these, you see I use the example in the organized by launch date. I've got the first item is two underscores and then product bomb. So if you need to have your your bomb or have your cheat sheet live in a folder. So for example, you would have maybe taking this the the bomb, taking the individual file, and you put it in organized by product. So you have this general file structure, but you've got that product bomb as the first item. Um, Now, obviously, a lot of folder structures, they're going to put the folders first, and then they're going to put the individual files. So it may be at the bottom of the page. But if you're organized, then you can scroll. Uh, But holding on to that, and with that two underscores to make sure that it is the first thing to show up, no matter what it's called and then click on that, open that, have that as the reference, and perhaps have that show the links to where everything else might be.
0: Right, yeah. Um, to give Corey a little hope there, I, I would submit that if we if we manage uh, our own silos in a way that is um, giving us these, these promised results that eventually people will notice, and you'll be able to expand these methods into the greater company because they see the value of of uh, a well-organized archive.
1: Yeah, that, that is absolutely the experience that I've had in previous roles, where if I put together a clear organization of the whatever I was doing, others would see it and appreciate it. And there's there's a thousand different ways to organize This is why I can't give you an absolute, this is the right answer, Um, but simply being intentional and being clear about what that organizational structure is, is really going to make a huge difference.
0: Right. Um, One last uh, note from Maureen in the chat here, uh, and then I'll I'll let you go on, Sandy. But Maureen had a a great idea here. One thing we've done is put everything in a flat file structure, use a common file name structure, and then in SharePoint, utilize tags so that people can search and find things. So, yeah, common naming structure, standard naming structure. But then all you need, I suppose, would be a key to what tags you've used. And then you can search and you can find things that way as well. Cool idea, Maureen
1: yeah no, that's great. That's absolutely a very useful option as well. um as long as there is some organization and uh, structure around what those tags are because if you've got one tag that is walking deck and another tag that is walking decks, then you've got <laughs> right. two two tags and that's not as useful. so that's and sometimes that's a that's a user management thing that can be um worth the time but does take some some time and energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And very much along the same thought process when we look at file naming conventions. Uh, and this is again, I'm I'm a big fan of the final folder. That means no really everything in here is final. Uh, now the only variable here is that um you want to make sure you have the right information. Uh, that if you send this as a link to someone, that they will understand the context of that link. So this is why you would have to include the the date, the the program, the campaign, and the asset. You can't just say walking deck on this because even though you have all that information as you scroll down in the file names, you still need to clearly state what it is so that someone just getting in isn't email without any other context, without seeing the folder that it's in, we'll be able to see what it is and why they should care about it.
0: Now, just to make myself feel better, have you, be honest, have you ever named a file final final or final 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 version (laughs) (laughs) asking for a friend?
1: (laughs) um, By that time, the word that starts with an F is usually not final.
0: (laughs) Okay, Fair enough.
1: (laughs) Um, you know, actually, there is there has definitely been times when I've had something that is called final that is in the not final folder, uh, but but being actually pretty rigid about what is allowed to live in the final folder. In my mind, it's is this the thing that went out live? So, like, I have I have one asset right now that's in in our regular collection of stuff that has a list of SKUs that are available for a benefit program, um, that file gets updated pretty regularly. It's still the final because it's in the final folder. Uh, But I I don't save the various iterations of it because I don't need the archive in that document of what those SKUs have been in the past, because there's another place that holds on to the evolution of those SKUs. Uh, So I just need the asset in the final folder to truly be the current list of usable SKUs. So it's it's being both rigid, but also not being too precious about what is in your final folder. So if you have something that may need to change and you're sure that you don't need a history at any point of what that change is, then change the one, I know this is a sin to say, it. I'm aware of that, but change the one that is final in your final folder and launch that out. If there is any possibility that you will want a record of that change, then you take the one that was final, you drop it into the program folder and you change final to whatever that date is. And then replace it with, you know, have the copy that is final now in that final folder. So that's where sometimes having the date or the version is really important. Um, And just for, full clarity where i see where you see the version it's v2.2 the the difference between 2.1 and 2.2 are internal changes that have happened within the team the difference between 2.3 and 3.0 is if we've sent it out to a client or we've sent it out for approvals oh, okay so that's that is an more of an agency thing that i've worked on not so much if you're part of the internal team Unless your internal team is one of those, our creative team functions like an agency. And there's a very clear line of, we send this out to the SMEs for their approvals. And then they send it back to us with their markups. You want to be able to see when, when changes have been made internally within the creative team and when things have been pushed out into some other team or some other world. And that, so I have definitely had V2.7, V2.9 you know that type of thing if if we've gone through multiple cycles internally you don't have to have a dedicated final folder if your system if your if your team just doesn't work with that then then we are definitely have final as the last word or, or the first word in it within the folder so that Uh, So that it's easy to see in you're looking at the list of assets that are in that folder to pick out the one that is final make that capitalized in first so it's easiest easiest to mark that out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, seems like we might as well also have the, the conversation about file naming if there's any questions about that.
0: Um, not specifically about file naming, I've got another one about, you know, what steps are being left out here. uh, Anonymous writes, when it comes to establishing a traffic flow from concept to approval, what steps do you find to be commonly overlooked? So Uh, traffic flow from establishing concept to approval, anything get left out in there in our our archiving process?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of concepts are you know, the scratch paper that you don't necessarily save. And I see value in the creative process, uh, more so with much more creative environments. If you're, you know, if you're the the ad agency that's really pushing uh, a new concept or something like that, hold on to those those notes Um, as even if, it would be great to have those notes so that they are easily searchable, But even the worst-case scenario, a snapshot of the whiteboard, and drop that into the folder called concepts that are within a campaign's folder, so that you have access to that later. Uh, Because again, when you're coming back around and trying to come up with the next new idea, go back in and skim through some of the concepts, the the raw notes of previous brainstormings. That can help get your get your juices flowing, get thinking through things.
0: And is that is that that the primary value in keeping? you know, this, this paper trail, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's obviously useful to go back and see what you've actually published in the past, but if you're mining this archive for, for information, seeing the drafts that didn't make it through the value there is, well, maybe we can take this and, and work it and and, and, and create something new. So it's just, it's, it's a brainstorming resource. It's uh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah
1: definitely brainstorming research. I mean, there's also a little bit of CYA. If someone comes back and says, Hey, we never should have said this out in the world. And you can say, here's where you approved saying this out in the world, my dear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, you know, there's, there's definitely a little bit of that element. And, And then some of that is Right at the very beginning, I said something about that you are the subject matter expert for content development, but you can't necessarily be the subject matter expert for all of the subjects of all of the content that you will be producing. So you have to rely on those approvals from those subject matter experts who know that a comma misplaced might say something different than what the product actually is. And having that paper trail confirms whether or not they approved something. And not that things blow up in my face very often, but uh, it's a much smaller blow up if you have the paper trail that shows where you engaged with people. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, tools and processes. So one thing to remember is no software, no software as a... Service. No tool can overcome a culture of disorganization. If you've got people in leadership who refuse to use the the naming conventions that you've used and the folder conventions that you've used, it's going to be a struggle. And I'm sorry. I wish I could say it was better, but uh, don't don't break your back looking for the next big thing to help save. If if you're in a culture of disorganization it's just gonna be a little bit of extra shoveling to make sure that things stay as organized as they ought to be for you. Um, but along with that, it's important to actually carve out dedicated organizational time and to not let other tax, tasks poach that time. Um, and you know, it's an easy thing to let slide, in, in, especially in creative agencies, you're always chasing the next, the deadlines are always hot, you're always chasing the next deadline. But if you don't regularly prioritize doing this, even if it is kind of mundane, even if it's not the dopamine hit of working on the next big fun thing, then these assets won't be available to you. These resources won't be available to you. The work that you have already done to build the assets that you've already built are not going to be as available to you to milk for your next project unless you have an easy and accessible place to put it. It's mm-hmm. nothing more frustrating than, oh, I had this great idea or this great thing that was part of, oh gosh, what was it? Oh, what was it a part of? Let me bury the rest of my week trying to find that thing because I didn't do sufficient archiving to just be able to at least pull a thread and find the right thing. Uh, and I mean, the other part of A lot of creative industries like to talk about being super nimble. And, you know, again, when you're looking at your competition, they aren't doing this as much as they should. And the way for you to be nimble, the way for you to turn something around quickly is to have your asset management on lock. Because if it's on lock, if it's part of your workflow, you can pull from everything that you've ever done before. As a company, you can hire in you know you need to expand your copy team for a big campaign you need to throw people in that have never worked on your product never worked on your team before if your file structure is set if things are already clear you're not going to have to give them two days to ramp up you can give them two hours to ramp up because they don't have to have memorized where everything is they can just be given a map and say okay When you get to a point where you need this thing, go find it here. When you get to a point of needing this thing, go find it there. And having that readily accessible map is going to save them a lot of time and headache, and you a lot of time and headache.
0: Absolutely.
1: And then some, just some brands. You know, of course, I'm at Microsoft. Got to talk about Teams. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I, I admit, I actually like Teams. I know folks that will push back against that, and I, I respect their, um, their their opinions of that. And of course, I have the, the all the bells and whistles version of Teams. Uh, and honestly, I think that's kind of universal for a lot of these different brands is the, the version that you have strongly influences your feelings of success with that. So if you're frustrated with Asana because you only have the free version of Asana, then it may not be Asana and you it may not be the right decision for your organization to buy the paid version of Asana but knowing the, it may not be the brand and I think that that's true of a lot of these. Um, one of the things that I like about Teams and I believe monday.com does this as well Eddie, let me know if, if I'm wrong on this but I believe they actually do have the internal file structure as part of the project management program.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: like I've I just borrowed this I don't use Monday and I can't show my teams because most of the work that I do is internal and that would be messy. Um, So I just grabbed a screenshot from a video about Monday.com and particularly one of the things that I wanted to show and sort of highlight is that there's an opportunity to add a link to a draft of an item within that project management structure. So whether or not that link is the link to that item because you're actually including each uh, each step of the process includes that the link to that asset or if you utilize that as a consistent this is the link to the folder where all of the assets of this project are held is up to you i don't think that it's capable of understanding what the link means any more than it being an, an active link so There's an opportunity, there's a way that you can set this up so you can have the link associated with every line item. And any time that you can do that, um, trailing up to, trailing up or down as much as that link is useful for that line item, make sure that you have a link. Even if it seems redundant, even if you're going back in and putting the same link over and over again in multiple places, having that link always available in the task is going to make it easier. and you can see some the, you know, Teams, Slack, Monday, ClickUp, these are some of the ones that I've, I've heard of, used, um, had varying success with. But also I've worked with small nonprofits. They don't have the money for anything. Uh, and if a well-oiled spreadsheet is what you need, then you can actually do all of this with a well-oiled spreadsheet. So don't let the access or availability of some paid tool or service Get in the way of being able to be organized and structured in your asset management, and that is it. That is my oh, speech. I don't think we have as much time as we had hoped to have answer questions, but hopefully that's we can okay. Them that's
0: okay. We do. We've got a few that we will. Uh close out with, let me just quickly promote the next of our product chat series. That one happens December 15th, 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to welcome Kirsten Vandetta, Senior Product Manager at LinkedIn, for a conversation on what key concepts product professionals should be focusing on to fuel their 2023, and how being ruthless in your prioritization, can serve as your biggest ally. So come back with us to learn how to prioritize your 2023. And with that, okay, Sandy, I've got a couple of questions. Here is one uh, from Anonymous. Anonymous has asked, this marketing is hard enough, Converting sales teams is much harder. These techniques can help, but in my opinion, sellers are very difficult to corral and keep on message uh, with a minimum of picking on our poor uh, sales team. We love those guys. They make lots of money for us. Um, a- a- how can we convert the sales team to this idea of, of such an organized structure to our archives? Or should there, I- I'm going to throw an additional question to Anonymous, should there be you know a, sort of the asset Archive and then sales have their own archive. Should these things be combined? Is there benefit to doing that?
1: To answer your second question first, in some ways that final folder can work for that. So if if you have a recalcitrant sales team, um, then maybe they have access to the final folder and they don't have access to the other internal folders, and you just know that you're going to have to work a little bit harder to go back through and. Uh, keep clean your final folder and, and tend to that a little bit more. Um, and I think to, to answer the first part of the question though, bring up some of the, why we should do this messaging that, uh, we discussed earlier in this conversation, uh, the best way to have your sales team buy in is to have your sales team buy in, give them, their own motivations for where these things should be. Um, And if, you know, if their habit is, oh, where's the latest X, Y, Z, if every time you say all latest versions of all things are in this folder, here is where this is. That, that, you know, not, not to nag necessarily, but to just have that constant reminder of everything that you need is right here because we've already got this structure. Just, just a reminder. Please help us keep this organized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that. There's a lot of uh, I think with those teams because their first priority is often a rush. It's the the urgency that being a salesperson means that there's an element of urgency to what they're doing. Um, sympathizing a little bit with that being their their primary motive, and nudging them into. Taking a moment to make sure that things are as organized as they can be and giving them that motivation.
0: Well, Sandy, we are about at time. I'm gonna ask you one more sort of summary question here that we like to ask at the end. Are you, are you and I'm gonna spring this on you right now with no chance to prepare at all. But uh, if if you were to suggest two things. That would benefit our audience the most today, of all that we've talked about, two things that they should implement right away uh, as the as the main takeaway points. What would you suggest that our audience do to help them with their asset assessment?
1: The first thing that I would suggest is the the personal relationships because this is this is the thing that you ought to do that is sometimes challenged to do. The more buy-in you can get from the people who have influence, the easier it will be. So while you may feel like you're shouting into the, the cavern, hey, this needs to be done. Uh, can you get your leader? Can you, can you get your, uh, as a friend of mine, your, your grand boss, your great grand boss to buy in? <laughs> can you... Uh, can, can you in, do this in a way that is engaging with folks? If you have access to resources to, uh, to you know, make it a, a friendly competition, what have you, um, but do the, the social interaction with the relevant teams to make this as useful as possible for them and as, as much buy-in as possible for them. Mm -hmm. And the corollary to that is try not to get too rigid. You may be in a situation in which the company culture is a much bigger mountain than you as an individual can move. Figure out how you can best utilize this organization and attention to organization with as much of how it affects your work Maybe you end up with, well, your file structure is excellent, and your organization and archiving is excellent, and you can become the go-to person when people are asking where are the things, Um, but you may not be able to change the entire company or the entire agency or the entire program team. Um, And being completely intractable about this it means that people won't come to you for these assets. And then they, they, again, they aren't as useful. So really, as much as this is a, you know, put the blinders on and do things on your computer, the biggest help is when you're taking the blinders off and interacting with your coworkers.
0: There it is. There it is. I'm I'm I was reminded as you were speaking today of a saying from a friend of mine who was a fitness instructor who used to tell us all the time, you can't improve what you don't track. Yeah. Right. And that, I mean, that sums up the 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 big takeaway for me, which is doing these processes only enables you with more superpowers, with more ability to improve. And it will only increase the good ideas that you're pushing out of your department, whatever that is. Right. Man, Sandy, you've got thanks pouring into the chat over here, people that wish they had known this stuff years ago, and that is always the measure of a successful presentation. If folks have more questions for you, where could they get a hold of you, Sandy?
1: Let's go back to my LinkedIn. Uh, Please, if you do send me a link request with LinkedIn, please reference this. I do get Mm -hmm. enough. Uh, LinkedIn requests that have nothing to do with me, who I am, where I'm going, (laughs) or the planet that I live on. Uh, So absolutely, please say something about this presentation if you send me a link request. Um, But I'm happy to answer questions through, through LinkedIn.
0: There you go. Hashtag pragmatic. We'll throw it in there. That'll work. That'll work. Sandy, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your advice. I feel smarter having listened to you today. And I'm sure that the audience says the same as well. I look forward to having you back sometime in the future. Let's do it again real soon. And to our audience out there, have a fantastic rest of your week. Join us again next time, December 15th, when we'll do this again. Thank you all.